Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. Shannon Dre, our Mariners insider for Seattle Sports, joining us in studio to talk about this team ahead of spring training. We have a lot of questions. A lot of players we're interested in. There's also a big event we need to be watching and tracking for a couple of these players. We'll get to that in a minute. Before we do, Shannon, you have been doing an off-season series. Tell us a bit about what you have in store. Yeah, this one, it was kind of fun and kind of took care of itself on the Hot Stove Show every week for the last four weeks. We have had somebody from one of the opposing teams, uh, mostly broadcasters, uh, a writer here and there, uh, and, and just really had the opportunity just to question them about everything, everything from their outlook for the season to their kind of bigger plans. If you look at the Angels and that is up right now, well... They obviously added a lot of pieces. They spent some money this offseason, not huge money, but some. And there's a little question of where's Shohei Otani going to go next year. We covered that. They've had uh, some interesting situations with the ownership, with Artie Moreno putting the team up for sale a year ago and then saying, I'm not going to sell. And, you know, this is a club that has got two or this year they're going into the season with not one, not two, but three players earning over 30 million dollars a year. And two of them happen to be the best players on the planet. And Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, the other one at $38 million, the highest-paid one, Anthony Rendon, has not done anything over the last two years. And I think you look at it and kind of compare and contrast, and I don't do it in this post, but maybe it'll spark, you know, in your mind mm-hmm. that it's not always about the big dollars. They're heading into, they're uh, coming off their seventh straight season with a losing record. I don't know, that, Shannon. I love spending money, so I don't well, know if I could be swayed. <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, you know, how are they going to deal with that? And what was really interesting is that when Artie Moreno said, hey, I'm holding on to the team, you know, usually you don't like your team being sold. No, no, no. Angels fans were very upset that he was holding on to the team. So we get into that with athletic writer Sam Blum. We talked to um, broadcaster Steve Sparks, the formal, former knuckleballer, about the Houston Astros. He tells us a little bit about one of the keys to success uh, that he thought that the Astros had with their pitching last year, and then he's hoping that he sees them do it again this year, and it's something the Mariners are not doing. Yeah. And uh, the A's, you think, well, they're going to be terrible again this year, but what is their plan? How do they kind of recycle? And what is Billy Bean doing these days? You know, things like that. I also, uh, they might be getting closer to a stadium. Will it be in the Bay Area or will it be in Las Vegas? We get the insight of Chris Townsend, who does A's cast on that. Uh, and then going up tomorrow will be the Rangers piece. And they've spent a ton of money in the last two years. And what exactly is their plan? That's something we have asked their broadcasters every year when they come in. Well, what are you guys doing? Are you growing? Are you spending? And we get into that a little bit uh, with one of their writers. All right. So that column right now, do the Mariners need to keep a close eye on the Angels and the AL West, is up on the front page of Seattle Sports. It is right under uh, the main picture. It's right there. Uh, but you can also click on the Mariners column anytime and find it. You can click on Shannon's name and find her work in there. Uh, also, if you're listening via the app, guess what? You just hit the little news icon and you can find all of our stories. All right, Bump, what you got? Hey, Shannon. Hi, Bob. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? Lots of great information <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, reading about. I look at this division, and it's clearly, at this point, still like a race for second. 
but I feel like the Mariners have closed the gap a little bit. Is there anyone else in this division that you feel like have, has closed the gap on Ooh. the Mariners? Looking behind them, who's biting at their heels right now? Well, and I think that's one of the big questions, and that's covered a little bit. And we asked everybody in those interviews, you know, what's your prediction for the division? And they all still had the Mariners solid, solidly behind the Astros, even though you did see significant upgrades to the Rangers and significant, and somewhat significant to the Angels. I think with the Rangers, if everybody stays healthy, and, and that's a huge if, they've built a very nice pitching staff, but there are guys that have broken quite a bit. Jacob deGrom, is he going to make 15 starts or is he going to make 25 starts? That'll make all the difference mm-hmm. for them. You could say the same with Nate Evaldi. He's had his ups and downs. Which one are you getting? So I, I think a lot of it will play into depth. Depth is something that the Angels invested in this year, where they lost uh, Mike Trout for uh, a portion of the season last season. Rendon was out quite a bit, and they relied on young guys, uh, you know, some former top prospects like Joe Adele, and they didn't come through. Well, they went out and got a Hunter Renfro instead, and they got players with experience that can, you know, step in and, and perhaps play more should they lose some of their marquee names. So I, I think it all remains to be seen, but when you look at it on paper, you can see how those two teams have upgraded. Uh, one of the names that I am most fascinated about in spring training, Bump and I have talked about him a ton, is Jared Kelnick. We've talked a little bit about kind of the battle in left field and and maybe needing to settle that. But um, Jared Kelnick is one of those guys that's gotten a ton of chances, has not been able to meet the sky-high expectations he was facing as a prospect. I mean, it feels tough to ask what does he need to figure out. But, like, I guess what are we looking for from Kelnick this year? Because he doesn't have to be who he was as a prospect to be successful. But, like, what are we looking for then? Consistency. Yeah. You know, we've seen flashes here and there, and we certainly saw it uh, at the end of last year. And then it, it dipped again when he came back up. Oh, he's fixed. This is it. And then it took a big dip. Mm-hmm. And then for the majority of the postseason, he was kind of okay. And then in, in the last game, had some of the worst at-bats you've ever seen him have. That was 18 innings, and a lot of the Mariners had the worst at-bats <laughs> you've ever seen them have trying to end a ball game. But uh, for him, the biggest thing will be, you know, have you fixed something? Have you taken that next step? And can you st- stick with it? Which has been a big problem with him. I, You know, I tell people that he is just he's so suggestive that, you know, tell him to stand on his head for two hours at, you know, a night and he'll add 20 points to his batting average. And in the past, he would probably do that. And that's something they've been trying to get him away from. And, you know, he's had a different off season. Most of his off seasons have been spent at home in his family's facility in Wisconsin. He's spent a lot of his off season at a professional facility elsewhere with different coaches. And it's something, you know, the Mariners check in on that kind of thing and they, they endorse it. They, they like their players going out and, and getting outside coaching and outside help. And so the question will be, does he stick with what he has done? You know, they look at him and he's got all the talent in the world. Uh, Physically, he has checked out in all of the tests. There are some scouts that have said to me he's too built up. He doesn't have the flexibility. And from everything that I've heard on the tests that they have done, uh, the biometric test and and just all the wild things they can do with the technology right now, uh, he's in perfect shape to be able to do everything they need him to do. And they're like very encouraged by that. So can he put all of those things together? And that, of course, you know, leaves between the ears. And he is still very young in this game. You know, talk about a battle. I think the only battle is right now, does he just do anything to tell them not to call him up at the beginning of the year? Both he and Taylor Trammell have one option remaining. They've got to find out about both, but Jared remains 
the priority, I think, you know, a lot because of where he was drafted and also because of the tools he has and, and the raw talent. So I have no doubt we're going to see Taylor throughout the year. We could see him at the beginning. I, I can see a scenario when that could happen, too. But I think the priority, as it has been the last couple of springs, it will be Kelnick and seeing if you can get him get that out of him yeah. because it is so important to this team. I look at Kelnick and I just think less is more, young fellow. Like you got here for a reason. You can play some ball with all the mental stuff and adjustments that he's going through. Was this something that they saw as a young prospect, or is this something that kind of developed with him uh, playing this game between AAA and, and Major League ball? I'm sure they saw it when he came into the organization. I don't know if they saw it before, and he has a very unique upbringing in the game in that he didn't go to high school. He was homeschooled for most of the time, so he didn't play on a high school team, and you learn about team and that kind of thing. He didn't play Legion ball, which is another area where you can do that. So he played in a lot of showcases or a lot of travel teams, which is usually you're not with that group very long. And Mm -hmm. so I think that his mindset has been different because of that. His climb was very different. If I do this and this and this, then I'm going to be seen by the scouts and I'm going to get drafted with a high draft pick. And I think he's kind of still learning kind of the big picture to kind of complete the puzzle that mm-hmm. has yet to be completed with him. And you throw an age with that. Uh, it's it's a lot. But did that. So I'm sure they didn't see all of that until he got into the season. Mm-hmm. I think they probably had some idea of it. And then it also could be, I mean, but he was the number six pick in the draft. He did come in for a workout in Seattle before, just in case he fell to them. And he had what those who were there said. In fact, I actually was in the building that morning picking up a suitcase, and I ran into Scott's service, and I didn't know who was in there, but I, I was there. He came through, and he just had this look on his face. I'm like, what's up? I just saw the best workout I've ever, in-person workout I've ever seen. But that's got to translate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to see the World Baseball Classic begin. I think uh, in March there's going to be overlap with spring training. There are uh, plenty of players from obviously around MLB participating, but the Mariners have quite a few guys. Matt Brash, Harry Ford, Diego Castillo, Julio, Matt Festa, Gino Suarez, Teoscar Hernandez. So starters as well as prospects. What do fans need to know about the overlap and about what the impact could be on those players? Well, I believe, and and we've been through this before, and it's fine as long as they don't get hurt. They get their work in. This year, while they're away from the club, they will leave the club, I want to say, I think around March 5th or March 7th. Mm -hmm. They will leave their clubs, and they'll go work out with their WBC teams. And trainers and whatnot and coaches will stay in contact with them. And the most important thing is is that they're getting their at-bats, that they're throwing their innings, they're doing their bullpens, and they do. Uh, The big danger is somebody gets hurt, and somebody gets hurt every year. You know, you think back to Drew Smiley through the best game of his life in the WBC and showed up hurt, and we never saw him pitch for the Mariners. You know, that you don't want to see. It's That's why it's, it's great news that Luis Castillo is not pitching. Yes, he yes. wanted to pitch for the Dominican, and they came to, you know, agreement that it wasn't a good idea because they're not going to tell a player not to, mm-hmm. They but they were able to, you know, come to agreement and not do it. Um, so they will be out of camp starting either the 5th or the 7th. So if you're going down there, you're not going to see these players until they come back. So the the longest they could be gone, I believe, would be until the 16th if they get into that final game. I was going to say it would depend on their team, right? Like say the Dominican goes, but like England doesn't. Harry Ford would be back. They're back. Now the one thing that is different, and it all ran 
quite smoothly except for the injuries that are going to happen in 17. This year, there are so many new rule changes, so that is going to be different. They're not going to have that time with the rule changes. You know, I think it's huge that J.P. Crawford and your second, neither of your second basemen are playing in the WBC. You know, you want them to get all the time that they possibly can. Pretty big for the pitchers, too, who are going to be dealing with a pitch clock and different rules and how many times they can throw over and things like that. So that's, you know, that'll take a little bit of a toll. That's a little bit different in the past because they need, and talking to the coaches, you know, Perry Hill said it's probably going to take about three weeks for the infielders to really adjust to this. Like uh, in basketball, the international game is different than the NBA game. You can dang near goaltend in the international game. Do you see the rule changes in the MLB affecting the international game somehow? Do you see them adopting some of these rules eventually? Yeah, I think every league has different rules, and I am really not up to date. I think there are just, you know, subtleties on that. I believe the WBC plays under MLB rules, mm-hmm. so that, you know, I, I, I think in the next WBC, I would imagine it would have the shift rules, but I really have no idea in that. There's nothing too wild as far as I understand from league to league. Yeah. Let's talk trash. ESPN Plus <laughs> has an article that ranked the Mariners' starting rotation at 18th. Is that fair? No. Of course it's not. <laughs> Tell us why, Shannon. What do you think about the starting rotation as a whole, where it stacks up with the rest of baseball, and then you can feel free to isolate the American League, too? Oh, man. I didn't see that, but I'd, I'd noticed that they weren't on top 10 lists, which I think is kind of silly. Do you want me to tell you the top silly. five? No. Oh, go ahead. Sure. Okay, okay, okay. So um, we had the, uh, well, in no particular order, because I am out of order now. Uh, you had the Yankees, the Mets, um, Brewers, Braves, Phillies, Astros were six. White Sox also in there. Blue Jays, Dodgers, Rays round out the top ten. Okay, the way that I look at that is, A, we know they have depth. And, B, that rotation carried this team and darn near got them to the next level last year. Uh, C, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby have full years under their belts. You get a full year of Luis Castillo. So I'm feeling pretty good at that. I think you'll see a young starter. I, I, I think that you know you'll you'll be you'll see um, you know Bryce Miller at some point, something that can help out there. They've got better depth this year than they did last year, and that's huge. So I don't really care about the ranking. But what's curious about that, and it's so funny because I was just answering a tweet about this, and this is something to watch for because you keep hearing about all of the pitching depth, especially the young pitching depth that the Mariners have. And we keep hearing about how great the Mariners' rotation is. Well, yeah, it is. But, you know, are you wondering why you haven't seen a trade with the Mariners involving some of this young pitching this season? Uh, I think there are other organizations. I think that pitching is just at a level that's different as clubs figure out how to draft and, and even more importantly, develop arms, make them better in the farm system. We know the Mariners have done that. Others are doing that now. And so I think we're seeing a little bit of a leveling of the playing field in baseball. And what kind of, you know, so what is this pitching worth to the Mariners outside of using these pitchers themselves, mm. outside of the organization? Is is that really the currency that it used to be? I don't have the answer for that. I'm keeping an eye on it. But it seems to me those hitters are in much more demand than the pitching is right now. So I think when you see that list and you see the Mariners that low, it's kind of more, uh-oh, that's more, it's not an indictment of the Mariners, and it's probably not correct, but it is also a very good picture of what pitching is 
in baseball right now. Very interesting. Good stuff, of course, from Shannon Dreher, Mariners insider. Uh, at the beginning of our interview, Shannon mentioned her AL West series. You can find the first of those. It's about the Mariners and the Angels up on the homepage, seattlesports.com. If you listen via app, don't worry, you have access to all of the articles, including Shannon's work. Just click the little news tab or click on Shannon's name. Thanks so much, Shannon. One more thing. Hot yes. Stove League show tonight. You're not going to want to miss the Cal Raleigh interview. It's absolutely hilarious. I'm going to throw that into what's on tap and remind you you guys let's get to four down territory thank you shannon thanks shannon this is four down territory going inside, inside the, the game. game with former seahawks and coog wide receiver michael bumpus first down bump there's no denying the eagles are now the standard in the nfc but what about this year's roster makes you believe they aren't going anywhere for the next couple years which i don't like by the way like i would love it if the roster yeah was not going i anywhere. would like it if they were old and free agents yeah. this year but what a great Team of 35-year-olds. Would have been great, but that's not the case with these dudes. Man, you look at the eight pro bowlers that they have on their roster. That's the most in the NFL. Two of these guys are free agents after the season. That is Miles Sanders, and that's Jason Kelsey. Kelsey, if you're looking for a new home, we could use maybe a center over here in Seattle. But they got Jalen Hurts, first-time pro bowler. He will get extended this year. You got Hassan Riddick. He's good through 2025. You got A.J. Brown. He's good through 2027. Lane Johnson, 26. Landon Dickerson, 25. Darius Slay through 24. Two guys that need to be re-signed, and they're probably going to get it done. So that tells me that they're coming back. They're going to run this thing back no matter what happens this weekend in the Super Bowl. They have some guys who are good to go. Hassan Riddick having a career year. You got A.J. Brown, the $25 million man. You know he's Mr. Up Top. They have the best offensive tackle in the game. Mm -hmm. They have pro bowlers on every single level. Quarterback, running back, O-line, D-line, linebacker, DB. They got it covered. I'm looking at this and saying these guys are licking their chops. After this game, no matter what, if they lose this game, the message is going to be, we're coming back next year, boys. If they win this game, the message is going to be, we're running this thing next, next year, boys. It's scary over there. I will say the last time that two number one seeds faced off in the Super Bowl was 2017 between the uh, New England Patriots and the Eagles. And the Eagles did win that one. So let's see if they can uh, repeat. Second down. Ah, the disrespect continues. First is the Mariners' starting rotation. Now it's poor Ken Walker. Walker was ranked number 15 in the NFL in all running backs, according to Maurice Jones-Drew of NFL.com. Do you feel this is a fair and accurate ranking? Look, just a slight disrespect, but I want to okay. give some love to, to Austin Eckler, number two in the league. Didn't make the Pro Bowl, but, you know, Jones-Drew knows what he's talking about. But let's go all the way down to the number 15 spot is where they have Kenneth Walker. And in front of them, you got Najee Harris and you have Alvin Kamara. Overall, Alvin Kamara is probably the better running back, but we're going off of this year. He rushed for 897 and two rush touchdowns, but he also received for 490 yards. I'm still taking Kenneth Walker. This year's Kenneth Walker over this year's Alvin Kamara. And then you look at Najee Harris. Didn't even rush for more than our guy Kenneth Walker. He had uh, 1,034 yards, seven rushing touchdowns. Kenneth Walker had 1,059 rushing touchdowns. Also had 27 receptions. Zero fumbles lost by the young man Kenneth Walker. The rest of the 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 list i say all right you good mm-hmm. you good but I look at those two and i say slight disrespect put my guy at number 13 maybe even number 12 in front of tony pollard even though tony changed that cowboys offense later on in the season i'm looking at k k9 and i'm saying look 
You're about where you need to be. A couple spots should be all right. The zero fumbles lost is also huge. You can have a ton of talent at running back, and if you turn the ball over, you're not hanging on to that job for too long. I mean, we talked about Melvin Gordon during NFL headlines. That's what lost him his job yep. with the Broncos is he turned the ball over so much. All right, third down. Sean Payton, new head coach of the Denver Broncos, vows to do what Russell Wilson does well. But what is that, and how do you bring the best out of Russ? So naturally, you look at Russell's best year statistically in the NFL, and that's 2020 when your boy Schottenheimer was over here. Offense fills it a bit, but let's talk about Russell Wilson. 68% completion rate over 4,000 yards, 384 attempts. But what made him go? It was the play-action pass. Now, with the Seattle Seahawks, they were 12th in play-action pass yards. They were 10th in attempts. This year with the Denver Broncos, they were 23rd in yards, 17th in attempts. And Russell said it himself towards the end of the year, what happened? Uh, you know, we got the, the, the pass game going, the play-action game, and, and it starts to work. Yeah, no, you know what, Russell? Of course, the play-action pass. You got to go back to who you were during your best years. So that's what it's going to take. It's going to take Sean Payton saying, look, this is how we open the game up. Also, his worst games, he threw the ball down the field over 25, 30 yards, eight to nine times per game. Like, you have to crawl before you walk, get the run game going, play action, throw your intermediate passes. Once all that is open, why was he able to throw the football down the field 40-plus yards several times a game? Because everything else was working for him. There's some points where I'm watching Russell play, and he's just looking for the deep ball. He has to get back to who he was, and I think Sean Payton understands that. That's what it looks like. Payton's going to get it done. I'm not. I'm no no longer hating on Russell and the Broncos. I wish them well. You, you, uh, you and me both. We had some people disagreeing. I likened it to like wishing your ex well. Yeah. You know, like when you're over it, when you finally move past it, because at first you don't. You hate your ex, especially if your ex was horrible. But if you have no like burn bridges and it was just kind of like the end of something, you just kind of wish them well. Once you're over it. How you many just... How many exes have you guys just sat down and been like, oh, you know what? It just isn't working. Let's go. It's always somebody who's like, I'm I mean, done. I'm good. Yeah, but there are some breakups that are worse and clearly more lopsided than others. Yeah. Where it's like one person was really messed up. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. And the ones that aren't like that, where yeah. it's like, yeah, we both did things. Or like, it's just the end. We're tired of each other. You know, All you right. just, after a while, you just, hey. Never been a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been a down. part of one of those. about a redraft of the 2022 NFL class earlier in the show in ESPN's new version Sauce Gardner was taken first overall who would you GM Michael Bumpus select first overall in a do-over of the 2022 draft I'm GM of the year 2023 holla at me Michael Bumpus I don't know about it with this pick all right so this is going y'all are going to call me crazy but listen I'm going off the NFL logic Mm. This isn't this isn't my vibe list. I'm going off the NFL logic. Okay. Who who played eight games and the NFL put them in the rookie of the year mix? I can't believe Who is this. it? It's, it's not Brock Heward. It's Brock Purdy. It's Brock Purdy. They put him in the mix. So that's what the NFL does. You play, you know, eight, nine games, you're good to go. Who is typically the first player taken off the board in NFL drafts? It's the quarterback. Number one has to be Brock Purdy then. I don't agree with this NFL logic. I'm talking NFL logic. Curtis. Okay. They put him in as offensive rookie of the year in the, Someone can in get the their mix. Mans. All right. Sweet. Who's man? Brock Purdy, this? number one pick in Jen. the draft. Small hands and all. Jen Bumpus. All right. Come get your man. Jen, come get your man. Come get your boy. Actually, don't. Too much gas. I'll be home. We don't need to take a double trip. Okay. <laughs> 
Number two. It's absolutely insane. That's NFL logic. It's so bad. NFL logic. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I, I would understand. So I will say this redraft that ESPN did had Brock Purdy at four. So it's oh, not. Oh, so I'm crazy. Oh, no, I had him at, at four, but I'm at crazy. One, at one. <laughs> NFL logic. That's, okay. that's all I'm did doing. Did you want to do uh, your number two? Uh, number two is Hutchinson. Okay. Number three is uh, Woolen. Number four is Walker. Number five is Sauce. Fair. Totally fair. There you go. They had Sauce number one. Woolen was number three. Hutchinson still number two. Purdy was number four. Uh, five. <laughs> I, I forget who was five. I didn't even see that list, too. Yeah. That's how much me and the NFL on the same wavelength. I didn't even right, see that right, list. Right, right, right. Let's get to <laughs> What's on Tap. This is What's on Tap with Bump and Stacy, brought to you by Dick's Driving. So, folks. What's on tap? Two things in store today. The Kraken return to action with a game against the Islanders. Plus, later tonight, hot stove, 7 p.m., an interview with Cal Raleigh on this one. That's What's on Tap, brought to you by Dick's Drive-In. Head into the station for Hype Train next. Bump and Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle's Seattle Sports Station. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. This hour, Bump and Stacy's brought to you by Mazda of Everett. All right, we do this every single Tuesday, every single Thursday. Let's head to the station for Hype Train. First Hype Train here, inspired by a story that we uh, learned about earlier this uh, earlier today on the Pat McAfee Show. In a couple weeks, Aaron Rodgers will go on a darkness retreat. Will he remain in complete darkness and isolation for four days? There's a lot of self-reflection that happens during this retreat, so he anticipates making a decision on his future in the league after the retreat. This is the hype train bump. If you're boarding, you agree with it. You can see it happening. If you're not boarding, you're not buying it. This hype train is Aaron Rodgers will announce his retirement later this spring. It's going to sit in darkness for four days. He's going to contemplate his career. He's going to wonder if he can win an MVP again or win a Super Bowl. And you know what color he's going to see in that darkness? He's going to see black. And he's going to think of the Raiders. The black and (laughs) silver of the Raiders. Like a minute before. (laughs) He's going to be like, yes, that's all I've seen was black for four days. He sees skulls, pirates (laughs) coming out. He's going to hallucinate. He's going to do his thing. So, no, he's not going to retire. He's coming back. He's going to Las Vegas. He's going to do so much ayahuasca, and he is going <laughs> to see nothing except for the little swords and skulls exactly. and whatever else of the Raiders. He's going to hear the voice of Mike Leach. Yeah. Hire, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's going to be a big moment for him. Come to Vegas. Curtis, the hype train is that Aaron Rodgers, after said four-day retreat, which is a couple weeks from now, will announce his retirement. Bump is not boarding. In fact, he'd like to see Rodgers reunite with Devontae Adams in Vegas. Uh, I'm not boarding as well because retirement would mean far less attention paid to Aaron Rodgers, which is Aaron Rodgers' like least favorite thing. He wants all the attention on him. He's absolutely going to continue playing. I think he does end up in Vegas. They're looking for a big splash down there uh, to try and establish themselves in that market, which I think they're going on, what, year three or year four now? They haven't I think they made the playoffs one time. Didn't even have a home playoff game, I don't think. So uh, I think they need a big-time name to quarterback that team. Uh, And Aaron Rodgers seems like the kind of guy that would be up for that task. So I don't think he's retiring, even though I'd love to see him just kind of like take five, chill out, sober up, and uh, (laughs) just... Kind of leave us alone for a little bit. Aaron, Aaron right. Rodgers. You force yourself on everybody. Look, I recognize when people want attention because it's me. I see myself. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I see you, Aaron. It's like looking in a mirror. I know what people who crave attention do. 
And it's that, that they constantly uh, talk about things and think they have stories that everyone should be interested in. And so Aaron, I would not be surprised if he was just saying, oh, I might retire, but like had no, uh, you know, desire to actually do that. However... I am boarding this hype train because I do think that we've seen the last game from Aaron Rodgers, despite him being someone who, you know, does kind of like make a storyline for himself pretty regularly. I do think this is legit. I do think no, that don't. he is. Con- yes, I do. I do. I do think he is considering life after the NFL. He may see a world where there's no true improvement happening for the Raiders. And maybe he doesn't especially love the idea of going through the AFC to get to the Super Bowl with all the talent that's there. I think there is totally a world where he says, you know what? I have other things I want to do with my life. I've made enough money. I don't want to go through all this again. I'm dang near, what, 37, 38 years old. He's going to turn pro. He just won Pebble with his boy over there. Yeah, the exactly. Exactly. What Ten was handicap. handicap. <laughs> Come holla at me, dog. You owe me two strokes. I think it's actually going to happen. Next train. All right. I'm going to have Super Bowl predictions and Super Bowl hype trains in uh, both Tuesday and Thursday for this since mm-hmm. I got so much to spread around. So, even though Thursday and Friday are going to be more Super Bowl-focused, I'm still getting into it now. In fact, this is one of my predictions. Travis Kelsey was second in the regular season in receiving touchdowns. He has been absolutely phenomenal for the Chiefs, including, obviously, in the postseason, and that will continue in the Super Bowl. This is the hype train. Tell me if you're boarding. It's a hat trick for Mahomes' top target. Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl will have three touchdowns. Three tutties. Three Tutties. If he scores three tutties, they win this game. I don't think the Chiefs are going to win this game. So I give him two tutties and 10 receptions for 105 yards, but no ring for you, Mr. Kelsey. Your brother, Jason, he's got that. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, The hype train is that Travis Kelsey will get a hat trick in the Super Bowl. Three touchdowns. Bump is not boarding. He's actually taking the Eagles in this one. Curtis, what about you? That would tie an NFL record or Super Bowl record for most touchdowns uh, by a single player. So Jerry Rice I mean... did it twice. You had Roger Craig, Ricky Waters, Terrell Davis, and James White each accomplishing it as well. Uh, I don't see Travis Kelsey getting three touchdowns in this game. Not against this Eagles defense. This Eagles defense is really, really good. Uh, I don't think it happens. Could he end up in the end zone once? Yes, absolutely. I think that happens. But I don't see it three times. A hat trick. A hattie. Shout out Bob Stelton. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, no, I don't think he gets it. I'm not uh, boarding this train. I am also not boarding this train. This is going to be an empty train. It's not out of the realm of possibility. As you said, it's been done before. We know that Travis Kelsey uh, gets the lion's share of the targets there in Kansas City. But that is a lot against a really good Eagles defense that's already going to know that Travis Kelsey is your top weapon. So, no, I, in fact, would be not surprised at all if Travis Kelsey didn't have like the best statistical performance. All right, next train into the station. We've been talking about this Mariners player regularly heading into spring training because there are a lot of question marks around this young star. He was one of the top prospects. Now he's still figuring it out. He's only got one option left. Jared Kelnick. This is the hype train. Finally figures it out with a career best year for the Mariners. Career best. So I am not year. saying he's hitting 300. I am not saying he's hitting 35 home runs. What I am saying no, is 170? that 170. What I no. That's career well, I'm, best. Let's That's say you know best. what. I'm going to say 240. Nah, he ain't touching that. 240 and 20 home runs. Unfortunately, this guy will not be on the roster at some point during the season. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, I feel for Jared Kelnick has had nothing but success. 
throughout his life until he made it to the show. It's a tough adjustment for some. I think his time here might be up. I hope it's not. I hope that I am wrong. I'm just going off of what I feel and what I've seen so far. Man, ain't happening. I ain't on this train. That's understandable. All right, Curtis, the hype train is pretty simple. It's you can interpret it however you want, but it's that Jared Kelnick figures it out. Jared Kelnick has a career best year. It doesn't have to be an astronomical feat, but by the end of the season, we'll be like, hey, we know who the left fielder is. It's Jared Kelnick. That's the point. Are you boarding the hype train? Bump isn't. I so desperately want to board oh, this guys, train. Guys, come on. I so do, but. Will it into existence, why I don't you? This guy has not put forth anything close to just a league average season in his major league career. Uh, I think Mora put it very succinctly a couple weeks ago. Like, I'm tired of hearing about how young he is. Like, at some point, that excuse is going to run out. Uh, he's got to get it together. But like Bump said, I don't know if it happens in a Mariners uniform, so I am going to let this train roll on by, too. I've not bought a ticket yet. Bunch of haters. I can't believe not that. Boarding. Well, next train. Are you boarding? <laughs> Yeah, join the, join the club. You know what? I got some stuff at the station. I had to go figure out. I, I, <laughs> I need, I'm actually hungry, so I got to figure that out. It's not because I wouldn't love to. I just can't. I have a phone she call. us on the tracks, I have, I have a phone For call real. to make, and Meanwhile, I can't board the train. It's rude like, to talk on the phone on the train. But She threw us on the tracks to create a diversion no, 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 she no. was going to let that train I never said by. that I wouldn't board the train. I'm saying I can't. I'm busy. <laughs> wow. Next hype train and last hype train into this station heading to the NBA where the Nets recently traded Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks after reportedly saying no thank you to Kyrie's preferred destination at the Lakers. Who knows if Kyrie would have worked out in L.A., but here's the hype train. Tell me for boarding. The marriage between Dallas and Kyrie will actually work. <sighs> Luca loves the rock. So does Kyrie. Luca is an emotional basketball player. If you watch him play the game, he's hooting, he's hollering, he's making crybaby faces, but he backs it up with his play. Now, because it didn't work out him going to L.A., it ain't going to work out in Dallas. You should have just made the deal, Lakers. Get her done. All right? We win now. I want to win right now. I don't want to wait. So because I'm a hater. It ain't going to work over okay. there. Okay, out of spite. Out, out of, of spite. Anger. It ain't working over there. Fair, fair. Uh, all right. The hype train, Curtis, is that the marriage between Dallas and Kyrie actually works. You can interpret that a number of ways. The point is we're ultimately saying Dallas won. They made a good trade, and Kyrie finds success there. Bump is not boarding out of spite and anger, but also out of some very fair logic about Kyrie and what Dallas has working right now. I'm taking a staycation. I'm not boarding this train. I didn't board a single train today. You didn't. Uh, oh, you're not going anywhere. Kyrie Irving is the most combustible athlete in American professional sports right now. He is so toxic. Uh, he will not work in any organization. Uh, I would not want him anywhere near my team. The Mavericks uh, were forced into this spot because they got to try to make it look to Luka like, hey, we're doing something for you. We don't want you to leave in free agency in a couple of years. Uh, but, yeah, this is not going to work. Kyrie Irving, uh, see you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, not bored. I'm also not boarding this train. I think that it becomes really easy to fail when you uh, just aren't bought into something. And it seems like it's been a long while since uh, Kyrie Irving has seemed like about winning, about being part of the team, about, you know what I mean? Like, it always seems like he's got a foot out with, with some of this stuff. And uh, I think that for all the talent in the world, if you don't care as much as some of the other guys – it's not going to work out. 
He don't and care. He got his ring. That's what I'm He's saying. Good. Uh, all right. This hour bump and Stacy's brought to you by Mazda of Everett. Taking your questions now for what I need to know. Any question, all questions you have, text them now to the Mac and Jack's text line 866-979-3776. That's next. Bump and Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines studios. On Seattle's sports station. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. It is what I need to know. Brought to you by All Red Heating and electric get your questions in any question you have literally any question i love our first one to the mac and jack's text line so you can still text it i'm still taking questions 866-979-3776 here we go uh someone won the powerball in auburn last night a whoa, ticket whoa, whoa, was sold whoa, there whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's where i live listen bro 750 million dollars and it's not yours it's someone else's uh we just don't listening. know who. I, hey. I would like to know if we've won all right, this is the question from a listener. What I need to know, what would your first week look like if you were that winner, and what would you do? My first week? Your first week. You've just won. I mean, you don't get $750 million. You get, like, a cash payout that's mm-hmm. then taxed, but you're getting a couple hundred million no matter what. I'm buying lots of land that Where no is one close. No, no, no. I'm buying, I'm buying land that's close to developments because eventually someone's going to want to pay me, and I'm going to well, flip smart. that and buy... I'm buying a bunch of land to where it can be developed. I'm sending my mom some money. I'm putting money away for my kids, college, and then I am tricking off at least a hundred k just on stupid stuff. Yes, I probably am doing the dumb spending first. Obviously, I need to take care of like what's left of my student loan, right? Or like. Uh, I don't know, like probably invest in a home somewhere. I don't know, <laughs> whatever. Get a new car. Then I'm going to like dumb purchases, like yeah. literally just going on like where's a store I shop at online. I'm gonna add everything to the cart, whatever I want. <laughs> if I think it looks interesting, add it. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Stupid spending on stuff I don't need. Curtis. Uh, yeah, paying off all like medical debt and boring. Whatnot. What's yeah. next? <laughs> uh, but then taking a long vacation. Yeah, like long vacation. And uh, probably just cutting everybody off. No. <laughs> <laughs> Never have to speak to anybody again. <laughs> probably, literally, Curtis said, I'm don't dropping even, you guys. Don't even know any Done. of you. All right, next question. What I need to know, do you have a sports venue on your bucket list? Mine uh, has to be Fenway Park in Boston. Sports venue yeah. on the bucket list would have to be, as boring as that place is, it'd be uh, Green Bay. In the winter. I've actually heard that it's amazing yeah. and that it's like a neighborhood kind it of is. vibe. Like it yeah. feels like tailgating. I would actually totally go to Lambeau. I would also go to Yankee Stadium. I think it would be like a game between but it's the, the Yankees Yankee and Stadium, Red Sox. Though. It's not even not like, quite the same. But yeah. it, but it's about the fans. Like I want to go. I just I just think that they're rowdy in a way that could, that's kind of Dude, interesting that, to me. That lottery ticket. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, no, no. What's it's that? at the Fred Meyer that my wife and I shop no! at wow. all the time. Curtis, it was right Ugh. there for you. Wow. Right there. Brenna, you're going to show up to the house and Brenna's going to be gone. Yeah. Leave you a note <laughs> like, hey, something happened. <laughs> I got to go. I got to go. That, where'd you get that Bentley? <laughs> I know. Uh, what I need to know, bump. This one's for you. I'm shopping around for my first house. Why Monroe? Why Monroe? Bump lives in Monroe. It's uh, it's getting expensive out in the row. I'll tell you that. Ten years ago, it'd be a bit different. But uh, why Monroe? Man, I can't even I can't even tell you why. If you just like to be away from people but close enough to get there in like yeah. 15 minutes, 
That's why you go to Monroe. You buy there, too. If you buy there now, in another five or six years, man, if you want to, you'll be able to flip that house for a whole lot of. I love a couple of these questions I'm about to list off. Here's one of them. What I need to know, which sports record would you want to hold? You get one Mm. record. It's kind of like getting a wish from a genie where it's like, like, listen to mine. Mine would be most Super Bowl wins. Mine would be most majors won in, in a golf uh, by a golfer. Most yeah. majors. Yeah. What about individual statistics? Individual statistics. I like, would Like, let's pretend say, we could do anything. Yeah. You know what? I would say uh, drop a hundo in the league. Let's drop 105 in the league. Ooh. You know? Individual stats. Oh, yeah. Beat Will Chamberlain's scoring record. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think Michael Phelps. Just, you can break Michael Phelps' record. Yeah, it would have to be something that seems insurmountable, like Gretzky's points record or Phelps. You know what I mean? Something where you're like, that's just insane. Michael Phelps. I loved your story of the um, players, Seahawks players, all watching it together. Yeah, like was there was nuts. a minute when the entire country was just watching swimming, and he won everything. 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 Twenty-eight total medals. Twenty-three of them gold. Unreal. Unreal. This is uh, another one I love. Earlier at uh, 1045, if you missed it, it'll be an hour one of the pod. Bump had his Power 5 vibe list, and it was the best coaches, top five coaches of the 2000s. This question, what I need to know, who's on the Mount Rushmore of NFL coaches? Phil Jackson. NFL coaches. Oh, or just NFL? Yeah. Belichick, my bad, bro. Almost yeah. almost forgot you. Um, you got to go Lombardi. Yeah. Walsh. Yeah. Walsh for sure. Uh, Gibbs. That's and you're four. done. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> and you're done. You that's don't get it. anymore. Uh, what I need to know, if the Chiefs win on Sunday, does Patrick Mahomes join the conversation of all-time greats? Hashtag, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. Automatically, already. I think he's already on it. Already. If you think Patrick he surpasses Mahomes- Aaron Rodgers? Because they'll have two titles already. Aaron Rodgers only had one. Aaron Rodgers has four MVPs. Now, Pat could get an MVP this Thursday. He's going to get it. He's going to get yeah. it. So he'll have two? Yeah, he'll have two. Two MVPs. Two. I'll take an extra Super Bowl over two more MVP awards. Yeah, for sure. But he'll still have two, and he's only 27. He's already top 10 I all think, time. Yeah. Already. Yes. His career could, like, he could just be like, yeah, I've decided to, eh, I'm over football mm-hmm. before the Super Bowl. And you'd still be like, wow. Yeah, top 10. One of the best we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Good question. I'm here. We're not here anymore. We're actually leaving. You're gone. I'm there. <laughs> We're out of here. Uh, we'll be back with you guys at 10 a.m. tomorrow for Michael Bumpus, for Curtis Rogers. I'm Stacy Ross. Don't go anywhere. Wyman and Bob coming your way next.